What's going on, people? Welcome back to uh, another episode of the Black Notes podcast. Um, I feel like it's been a while since we've all been joined on one episode, but um, it's good to have both of you back. How have you like been? Yeah, good. Uh, when you said both of you back, I was thinking, but we were both back last week. Um, <laughs> you said it was me that's gone, but obviously last time it was you that was gone for like two, three episodes, and then last week obviously I wasn't. I was upset, but. Yeah, it's good to have us back, shall I say? Yes, sir. Yeah, but we're good. Well, I'm good. I don't know why I'm speaking for Bethany, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, <Obviously>. man. <laughs> All right. Um, tops, I guess I'll um, I'll leave you. I'll give you the duties of doing our, our opener for this episode. Yes, sir. Um, my opener for this episode is going to be a group that I uh, probably found a couple of years ago um, but they haven't put out music since uh rah, since 2019 so this is me begging <laughs> and calling for them to come back uh so this is a duo uh carly and this is kudos Tell me where it hurts I'm trying to figure out a remedy that works Something to tear me from my reverie on earth You know how it works You know how it works You didn't know it but your mama was so damn proud Your first true love, your old granddad was in the clouds but that he was never around And those voices in your head Were always too damn loud You pull through Like you always do Nothing ever did Run smooth And that's the truth You held me down You're still around Who knows to you Yes, that is Carly, and that is their track, Kudos. As I said, I am begging. I'm on my knees. I'm asking, please do not desert us in the land of music. Thanks. That's a great, that's a great shout. That's a great shout. I feel like I always pick up gems from, from the both of you. But yeah, that's one of them. Another one. Um, yes, sir. Before before I get into the the main topic, that's kind of what discussed um, the last few weeks, as in as in chart wise. So obviously, the last episode was was all about gets, and um, for me, it was actually interesting um, listening to Beth talk about um, like the different ways of like pushing pushing the tape and the whole pull that gets went through, and um, I was I won't say I was surprised with uh, with the um 
the year he um the year the position he got on the charts. Um, obviously I was hoping for first. Um, I did not know who that Scottish band was, or so I thought yeah that would be an easy one. But yeah, that's that. But then, you know um, what it is. Um, sorry to cut you, but you know what it is. It's the it's um it's generational. Um, in mean? in a sense of they where they kind of beat gets was on the physical cells um and the the generation that that group particularly appeals to are probably still heavily buying physicals as opposed Mm. to streaming um so i'm assuming a lot of gets his fan base is very um spotify apple music tidal um any other dsp um and so that's why artists have to kind of say like yo buy it download it on itunes you know what i mean Mm. Um, but when you look at the numbers the gap in particular was um from the physical sales which isn't really surprising but yeah it just shows we need to buy more music so do you get um you guys might might know uh more about this but um so you release on a friday so let's say like a monday or tuesday are you aware of um like like your numbers or do you literally have to wait till till the friday um you get midweeks so you'll know where you're at like in the midweek charts Mm. um but aside from that you won't know where where you're at really but do do you know like the the specific numbers so you could say oh i'm so so amount of souls behind this person so yeah he'll be able to see well, not him personally, but his team will be able to see like how many, how, what the difference is between him and the person ahead of him. Mm. Mm. So that's and- what. So you'll see, like, you see when he was like, "Oh, I think he must have tweeted during the week or something." He was like, "We're we're about this much away from the person." Mm. Right. Um. And is there, is there, um, like, how much weight? I don't know how to how to put this into it, but how much weight does physical sales have over um, streams? It counts. Uh, yeah, it counts. Yeah, it counts. It, it counts more because it's yeah the way they've calculated streams is really weird because um, I don't know where they got, they got that metric from. Mm. Um, but it definitely is. so when artists are encouraging you to to buy. It's because it it counts it counts far more than you streaming. Um, mm. So even when artists say, "Oh yeah, like just stream it overnight," even if you're not listening to it, that's all well and good. But if a couple people buy someone else's physical, that might count for you streaming it the whole night. Do you get know what I mean? So um, that's why, yeah. When when people are in like chart races, they definitely say download on iTunes. Or, or physically buy it from wherever. Mm, okay, because I was gonna say, um, um, so obviously we've get fin- um, getting finishing second. Um, Diggity released a tape last uh, last Friday, Made in the Pyrex, and that went to number number three. But what I realized yeah. what he was doing was that he was um, he was adding merch to his um, CD sales. So if you buy a CD mm-hmm. from him, you might get, like, um, I think it was offering like an apron or a t-shirt or a, um, a balaclava. And mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, I, I thought that was an, an interesting way of, um, of selling your CD. And it turns out it, turns out it works. Um, I listened to the tape. Um, 
yeah, I, I would say I would say it's his it's his, it's his best work. Um, I think that's what I'll say on it at the moment. But um, yeah, I, I guess he's he's core fans, and I guess having that whole um, having the whole merch to kind of sell alongside the um, alongside the physical tape that worked in his favor. And I was honestly, I was actually surprised that he finished that he got um, ended up in third. But yeah, I feel like that's something that uh, most artists might actually start doing. I know quite a lot of people have done it in the past, but we might start seeing more of that in the next few years, actually. Um, yeah, I think I think artists have been doing it for quite a while, and I think that's been, um, to some extent, a bone of contention. Um, I think, uh, I don't want to report incorrectly on it, but people can do their Googles. But I feel like Nicki was actually upset, Nicki Minaj, that is, with... <laughs> It's either DJ Khaled or Travis Scott. One of the two were, were is coming to mind. But they had like a bundle deal almost. Um, and because of their bundle deal and how many people were buying it, it meant that they beat her in the charts. So maybe mm. they were one and she was two. Um, and there was this whole debate around whether artists should actually do that. Um, personally, I don't necessarily see a problem with it, to be honest. Mm. Um, I feel like it's a part of marketing to some extent. Um, but yeah, Beth can probably speak better to that better than I can. Um, merch is obviously a big marketing tool now. Right. Uh, I guess in a world where kind of everything's online, it just adds another element to like the fan experience. Mm-hmm. So, whereas before, where people go to concerts to like. You know that would be the only time you could get the merch because if you went to someone's show obviously you haven't been able to have those so you'll find now that so many artists have their own merch stores on that on their websites and stuff mm. um, it's just another ex- extended extended way for them to collect um connect with their fans and for the labels to collect data mm, right. that's really truly what they're doing <laughs> when when you buy something from an artist merch store obviously you opt in like it's not like they're just stealing your data (laughs) but like um they essentially they're building a database Mm. Mm. with artists Mm. that is that's their audience and that's who they can essentially market to right that makes sense yeah that makes a lot of sense and um before before we move on this is just um again a a personal preference um how do you guys feel about um like the whole paperback um album um the out paperback album case like the the packaging how, how do you feel about that because i feel like for me like i'm a big fan of like i don't know just put putting detail into like you put the same amount of detail you put into the actual um the actual the, the music and the whole marketing you should kind of put that into the actual product like if i'm if i'm buying it i like i want it to be like I don't know something worth keeping for a long period of time and i hate it when i i buy an album or order it and it turns up and it's it's paperback because i don't know for me it just feels flimsy or that book the booklet that they put inside the the album it's i don't know it's just it's not it's not details like it's not it's not adding to like it's not adding to like the it's not added to the to the album it's not added to the music it's, you're not gaining anything you're not learning anything so you just feel like you're just buying I don't know, you just feel like you're buying like the 10 tracks or the whatever amount of tracks and, and that's it. Whereas someone like um, 
Loyal Kana, I bought his I bought his last vinyl and um in the vinyl there's like a there's a booklet and it literally showed you it, it kind of took you on a journey from like his whole process or how he even came up with the name of the album, um how he came up with the the uh, the album cover, um his inspiration for for some songs and I felt like okay, cool, like it's a it's a nice it's a nice way to kind of wrap up um that album like just wrap everything up and kind of link it up but i've got a couple i've got a couple albums here where i don't know like the packaging is just i don't know for me it just lacks i feel like it's just a bit of i don't know what's it's unprofessional but it's just a bit a bit poor i don't know how you guys feel about it um i because i don't really buy physicals i i don't think i can i don't think i care that much right mm. so i bought the gets physical um because i was trying to help him get higher on the charts um i opened it for the first time today put it in my car um but i didn't i read the kind of all the thanks that he was given but other than that like that that cd is just gonna stay in my car um similarly with the last album i bought before that physically was dave's um album which is which was about two years ago um, for the same reason, again, like um, trying to help him get higher on the charts. Mm. And I, I haven't even taken it out of, um, it's not cling film, but whatever packaging they put around the CD, I haven't even taken it out of that. Like I, I just bought it and dashed it in my car. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm not that bothered, if that makes sense. Um, mm. I think, yeah, it would be nice uh, for, for them to, for, for there to be something different um particularly because a lot of people aren't buying physicals and that's probably a way to encourage people but for me personally it's it's neither here nor there because i'm not that invested Mm. interesting like i don't think i'm a major like physical buyer but i do have a few vinyls from certain artists and like Mm. i have it more for um, just it's like memories like if it's an album that I really connect with I don't even have a vinyl player but <laughs> if it's like albums I've really connected with I just feel like the timelessness of a vinyl record it's just nice to look at I have it purely for aesthetic purposes hmm. <laughs> um, yeah so is that the, when you say aesthetic that's the um, the the wallet that the vinyl comes in i'm assuming yeah so it just looks nice it looks luxurious it looks like okay that was a moment in time when you have your house and you have your record collection and you have your record player like you can remember exactly where you were when you listened to that album or whatever um i just think it's quite a timeless thing to have so in that instance then the artwork would be more important to you than anything else that comes yeah, yeah yeah the artwork and obviously the album has to be a phenomenal too of course yeah, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> most point but yeah mm, okay that makes sense yeah that's fair maybe maybe it's um maybe it's just me but yeah i i, I collect quite well i collect as, as much as i can and um, I'm always kind of looking back at their collections, kind of comparing certain albums to certain other albums, and just when I see, I don't know, just when I see them, them paperback um, covers, it's just, yeah, I don't know, it just, yeah, it just makes you feel some type of way. 
but that's that. Um, this week, obviously, the 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 main the main um, topic, the main headline that's in that's on all platforms at the moment is the the interview between Oprah and um, Meghan Markle and uh, what's his name, Prince Harry. Um, man said, man said, what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> like he's some any guy from around the corner. Like to be fair, yeah, he's not. He's not this week. This week, yeah, like listening and and just kind of um, just listening to as many different various opinions as I can. Um, it, it it linked me. It linked me back. It linked me back to um, to Wiley's Wiley's situation. And, and and bear with me on this one. Um, so uh, for me, it was interesting like i always knew i always knew that the media that media is mad and um they i've always believed that they've had um some sort of i don't know some sort of cause or some sort of goal or they kind of touched upon it in on the um, on the interview whereas they have they have an agenda and if you work for them they will help to support they'll help to support you like they'll have that support so then um Obviously, and then um, listening to like different celebrities talk about it, uh, Piers Morgan, even Gary Lineker um, chiming in, and then I just yeah, it just immediately linked back to linked back to Wiley. So now, obviously, Wiley's situation, uh, it, it was it was it was more than mad, but he's the, the issue that he had, the core issue that he had was was there, but. It wasn't it, it, it wasn't touched upon. So I listened to like all these different podcasts, the uh, um, half cast podcast. Uh, I can't really remember any of the other ones, but but no one really kind of ever kind of spoke about okay, yeah, he's tweets his mad blah blah blah, and everyone's cancelled him, and is it wrong or, or is it right to cancel him? But no one actually touched on touched on the um, touched on the issue. So then I started to realize. Um, no, sorry, this week I was I was kind of questioning. Um, like the experiences that um, musicians have with race, um, and I was kind of I was trying I was trying to compare. Um, do you kind of feel as an as a, as an independent artist, do you kind of feel um, the effects of racism within music more than um, someone that signed to a label? So obviously, um, Wiley obviously being part of of, of a label. Um, and him going through what he went through but if he was sorry if he was independent um would he have faced um similar issues or would he would he along the line along the lines or um like there'll be like another hurdle for him to try to jump over um yeah that's what that's what i that's that's the take that i got from this week just from listening to everyone's opinions and just it, it, it relating it bringing me back to like the issues within music. Um, I'm I'm not. I, correct me if I'm wrong. I proper wasn't sure that Wiley. Well, I don't know who who's Wiley been signed to. Um, I can't. I can't. I can't remember. I can't, to be honest, I can't remember the label. But um, it was the issue was about the um, the Jewish. That, that Jewish guy that um I think he uh, I think he, he put I, out a series of, of of tweets that were that they said were anti-Semitic. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, but go on. I guess what I'm maybe not quite understanding is um, how a label uh, changes his experience. Mm. But then, in that instance, because I think label or not putting out tweets like the one he put out is 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 going to get you in significant amounts of trouble. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not supporting, I'm not supporting his tweets in any way. But um, somewhere along the lines of those, I can't remember how long he was tweeting for, um, and even on that that channel four, that channel four interview he did with that, with that journalist he he spoke about beginning what caused him what caused him to what caused him to to start um to start that um that run on 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 twitter and that's that's what i'm talking about like i'm trying to obviously the tweets i'm trying to push it to the side i'm trying to get i'm trying to get to the the actual cause of it and artists their relationships with the i don't know the the heads and the leaders of of all these labels. Um, I don't really understand the question. So the the question the, the question is is that um, as a as a signed artist and as an independent artist, uh, what what issues or what yeah, how how does how does race come to or does race affect um, a signed artist more than an independent artist? I think it affects both. Um, I, I think it's hard to quantify um, who it affects more because mm. there are so many variables. Number one, um, and so like think, thinking about the scenario for um, a signed artist is that the reality is um, the majority of the people that are working their music, if we're thinking about a black signed artist, for example, mm. the majority of the people that are working their music, so like the a and um, the marketing, um, the creative, anything else, most likely are going to be predominantly white. Um, and then the question is, do they understand um, this the artists that they have signed, do they understand that brand? Do they understand how it's meant to be marketed? Um, if that artist comes and says, I want to do X, Y, and Z, if it doesn't make sense to them, is it something that they just push to the back burner? Do you know what I mean? And so I think it still affects um, artists that are signed. And then for independent artists, again, it, it I think racism affects them too, but just in different ways. Um, so an example I could give um, would be, let's say you had an independent black folk singer, for example, um, what people at like radio, for example, could be saying to that artist is that, oh, um, you need to get your music on One Extra, for example. But yeah. folk isn't really the music that One Extra puts out. But because they're black, they've been pigeonholed to, oh, okay, like One Extra is the place where we, you, you go for black music. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I think if what you're asking is how does racism affect 
sign artist and independent artist. Mm. Um, and is there any difference? Um, I I wouldn't want to say it affects one more than the other. I would just say it affects both, but in different ways. If that's what you're asking. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it kind it kind of was because um, I spent I spent like the last the last few days um, just trying to imagine what it's like as an as an as an independent artist. So um, personally, for me. Because um, obviously I'm not, I, I haven't had the opportunity to kind of work in detail. Um, so I'm not too sure as to like how, how campaigns are run or how, um, or how, yeah, how, how like, I don't know, like music kind of ends. I know roughly how it ends up in radio, but um, so for me, an independent artist, um, let's say you, you, you produce, you produce your own, you produce your own, your own tape. And um, let's say it's it's successful. Um, you're able to kind of form a team, um, form a team, or like kind of create create your own team around you, and then hopefully on a, maybe you tour or radio starts to pick it up. So then, um, so you're you're kind of always in charge of your of your creativity. But then um, I start to think um, again, and then this is where I um, I was thinking about um, widely situation and. Um, what's her name? Um, IV, IVD situation. Whereas um, you, what's made you, what's made you, what's made you big, and what's made you known, um, that's that's all down to you. But then now you're part of um, now you're part of a corporation where you kind of have to answer to someone, or you can't you can't do certain things. Uh, you can't yeah you can't do certain things whenever you want because. The label, the la- the labels maybe tell you that the the time is wrong, or to give it time, or we're kind of working with this person at the moment, or I don't I, I don't know like the different I don't know like the different excuses that they come up with, and so yeah, that's that's where kind of like the base of my um of my thoughts my thoughts kind of came from, but um yeah, not it wasn't only for yeah for me it wasn't only like widely situation it was um it was IVDs as well, and. Yeah, I just I I still I still kind of believe that, um, especially in this day and era, that for more control, yeah, for, for more control, and especially with the way music kind of picks up now, I I, I personally feel like um, um, independent is the is the way forward. And and Beth, I know you you your you work within a label. Um, what's your what's your views on what's your views on that? Um, I think it just depends what's best for the artist. Like, mm. some artists need the st- structure of a major label um, in order for them to get to certain places. Um, not get to certain places. I think it's it depends on how you see yourself as an artist. Mm. Like, not every artist wants to be a global superstar. Do you get what I mean? Mm. Like, some artists are pretty content with being just critically claimed. Mm. Like they might not want to be like this massive superstar and that's fine. Like it just depends what kind of artist you want to be, what route would be best for you. If you know, for instance, that your creative integrity and holding on to your art and having the ownership of your art is important to you, then the independent distribution route would probably be the best for you because you always feel like you're compromising a bit of yourself 
Okay. Mm. Um, if 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 an artist um, um, if if an artist comes to you like so so they um, they're signed yeah for example they they're signed to um, they're signed to your label and they're either they're unhappy about their numbers or they're unhappy about um, just the way the yeah, the way things are going for them within the label is there like is there like a I don't know is there like a team that they that they speak to is there um, how 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 is it how is it how is it run like what's the what's the process like or is that do they have, have like a like a smaller team assigned to them and then that team kind of passes it on or passes on those issues to a higher a, high, a higher team what do you mean so if um let's say let's say i'm um uh, I'm, I'm assigned to you and i'm i feel like my my numbers are falling ever since i've been signed or i'm not releasing as much music as i as i want to so i I like is there who do I who do I go to within within the label like what's the what's the process like it normally wouldn't be the artists having those conversations it would be their management okay um so it's like in a label structure like obviously you do speak to the artists and Mm. like I work in marketing so you have like a close relationship with the artists as well but like when it comes to the business side of things that comes through your manager and that's why I'm saying that it's so important for your manager to be able to advocate for you mm. out you being there. Um, so that's a word for artists when picking management, make sure that they can literally be your mouthpiece mm. when on the business side, when it comes to dealing with the label, like they need to know you so well that mm. they're literally you, that you're representative when it comes down to the business side of things. Okay. Yeah. Um. I I don't know. I don't know if you're I'm kind of throw you on the bus here, but I, I don't know if you're if you're allowed to speak about it or whatever. But um, what what type what types of issues um, have you seen um have you seen come up or or um yeah just any any queries that that the that an artist might have. Um, I don't think I can really speak on it like fully. I can't go into mm. detail, but like <laughs> um. I think there's always going to be like back and forth between the label and an artist simply because um what's what I was, lost my train of thought simply because you are dealing with a creative person mm. and like not all the time an artist is going to know exactly how they want everything to pan out mm. and you'll find in a label setting there can be a lot of opinions okay for someone who's not seasoned, like for an artist who this is a whole new world to them, like that can be conflicting for them. Okay. Mm. I yeah, hope yeah. I'm making sense. Like it can be a challenge for them to fully be able to articulate exactly what they want. Like um, label might want one thing, they might want another thing. It's like, so that would be where potential conflict could happen. But aside from that, all good. Okay, cool. <laughs> And um and Tope, you've you've been um um you obviously manage manage artists and you're more aware of that the whole like the whole artist development sides but um have you have you kind of come across or have you kind of seen from afar so it might not be someone that you directly work with but have you kind of seen um an an artist that's kind of I won't say I won't say that suffering because suffering is a bit is a bit it's a bit extreme but you can you see them 
if you, you just feel like like the label isn't kind of listening to them or they're not kind of understanding their needs or and you just kind of see them i don't know then they're, they're not they're not the artists that they were before is that something that you've, you've kind of seen a lot along your your journey within music um that's hard to tell because like the again like there can be a number of reasons why their music isn't the way that it is before and that mm. isn't always on the um that's not always the label's fault do you mm. get what i mean like um i think as beth said like the artist is the creative um is 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 the creative mind um mm. behind the art um and it's their job to produce the music now where the label kind of comes in um is maybe getting them in with like the right producers mm. um getting them in with the right songwriters and that's probably where a label might not be doing the best job because they're not understanding um the artist and their sound in the best way um mm. so they're just putting them with let's say like um let's say i had a nux for example um and i put him with um m1 on a beat it, it might work but like reality is like they 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 they're on two different paths if that makes sense they make two different sounds and yeah. so bringing them together is 60% of the time is is okay maybe 70% of the time is not going to work do you know what i mean so i think yeah. that's what i've seen um other than that, I'm not in the people's business like that, to be honest. <laughs> um, it's only from my perception. But I'm, I think working in the industry, I'm starting to realise that sometimes perception isn't really how it always is. Um, so sometimes, for example, I'll see people commenting on an artist's career on Twitter, for example. Um, and let's say in that instance, I know what's going on behind the scenes you realise that how you perceive something to be isn't always how it is. Mm. Um, and sometimes that's revealed by the artist saying it themselves in interviews or putting it in a track further down the line. But yeah, it's not always um, black and white. I think there are a lot of great areas um, within the music industry. Okay. And um, I guess this is a, this is a question for, for both of you. Um, if if an if an artist like you can just see that I don't know maybe they have they're struggling with with personal issues um, is that down I guess it this kind of spits into kind of two kind of questions um, is it down to the the manager to um, to help them deal with that issue or is it down to the label or does the label provide and did they, I don't know do they provide like the right resources or do they kind of give you the time to do what you need to do to kind of get back to where you need to be uh again i think it depends do you know what i mean like some artists have the privilege i would say of maybe they've had um a good run or they they've, they've got good rapport good history um and so a label is willing to wait on an artist or even assist an artist to figure out their issues um but some artists are very new in the game and a label isn't willing to kind of stick around or why you figure yourself out do you know what i mean yeah. um so i think um those are some of the things that can 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 possibly come into play but 
at the root of it, I think it's up to the team of the artist if they're having personal issues to come in and help um, sort that out. Um, and then, as Beth was saying earlier, it's up to the manager to liaise with the label to come to some sort of agreement. Um, because, yeah, the, the label's not going to wait for them for a decade to to yeah. figure out what they're doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, there, there has to be timelines. But at, at the very same time, you're dealing with human beings, so you can't rush whatever process they're going through. Yeah, that's literally... Um, that was going to lead to my, to my next question. Like, um, Obviously, like, I've, I've never worked within a label, but I'm guessing... Um, this, this is a while guess let me know if I'm wrong you're um, they've given you I don't know like a, a time a time scale as to when um, a tape or album or EP or whatever needs to be created um, is it is that true by the way? Hmm, depends but uh, go on Beth was that you? <laughs> yeah sorry I'm just there's always going to be a timeline on things because people's mm. deals are not endless like right. you have like you might get a three-year deal and in that those three years you have to deliver said amount of music like and then your deal gets like optioned again Options. yeah mm-hmm. so like there is kind of there is a timeline on it but like you don't have an artist early in their career doesn't really have the freedom should i say to disappear for three years and come back <laughs> like that cannot work yeah like, i get that but what okay maybe maybe not three years but if if they're going like like every everyone goes everyone goes through stuff like if they're going through something is do they like do, can they come to the label and say look I need an extension or I just need... Obviously, if you're going through something that is impacting your work, then obviously mm. a conversation c- can be had. Like, it's not like the label just there saying, like, <laughs> suffering with this, you must make that album. Like, mm. that is not the case at all. Um, okay. And I guess, like... like... Yes, yeah, so, so it's it's conversations. Do you get what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's not that... Um, let's say I've signed January 2017 and as Beth said um, within my contract I have to deliver um, two albums within three years Um, I can't just disappear until like 2020 and then turn around and be like oh I've been going through stuff do you get what I mean (laughs) there's conversations that are going to be had to say all right do you know I don't think I want to meet this um can I get an extension in replace of that maybe I can give you this do you get what I mean it's a Mm -hmm. it should be a relationship um and I think the best artist label situations um are the ones that are relationships yeah I definitely feel like like labels are not like the devil like i wouldn't say that i would say they definitely do help artists to grow their vision if you find the key is finding the right fit for you like and finding the right people to do to be your people your advocates within the business side of music so like that is like that is that is the sweet spot that artists need to find it doesn't mean that like it doesn't mean that how can i explain it like the first label you signed to might not be your label forever 
Right. And I feel yeah. like artists need to stop seeing deals as like their be all and end all of their careers. Because mm, mm. you want to stop. Yeah, it's just one thought. You should always be building yourself as an artist and as a brand so that if anything was to ever happen between said label, you can still continue to release your art mm. away from it, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just wanted to I just wanted to know if um like how how um how artists are being how artists are being look up, looked after. Um and the and the resources the resources they have there that's available for them like I don't know if labels have they have departments that kind of helps to deal with personal issues or um, like you know how um, in most offices most offices there's like a HR a HR department that you could go to and speak to but um, in my head labels is just like it's not it's not it's not it's not rigid but obviously they have they have their their targets that needs to be met. You have your targets that needs to be met, and obviously there's lots of money that's thrown in. So um, yeah, I just wasn't aware of how what, what it's like. Yeah, what it's like for an artist. And I think I think yeah. genuinely, uh, I think labels get a bad rap, and I think um, some music documentaries haven't helped that. Obviously, because of experiences that people have had with like major labels. Mm. Um, but I think labels can and are a good thing i think as beth again was saying earlier it just depends on each artist and what you want to get out of it and where you are in your career um we spoke about gets last week but his first major label signing is 16 years into his career um and it's with a major do you get what i mean um some of his um colleagues if i if i could call them that signed with labels earlier on and it worked for them for some of them some of them it 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 didn't really work for um but it just depends on where artists are at um in in any given stage of their career um but i'm for labels to be honest i hear the independent route um and if if you can do it and you can do it well do it um but again like some people need labels and that's okay um but yeah yeah, and obviously it's um, it's not well. You can you can I guess you can answer this. It's not. Do you feel like um, labels is like all labels are good or just yeah just a label or like specific labels for specific artists are good? I think there's different deals that you can get. Like there's different levels of yeah, like there's different deals like. Not every artist is on the same deal and not every label has the same service. Like you'll have a label right. like, for instance, Caroline, they're part of Universal Music, but mm. their deals are kind, they're a bit different. So it's more, they're more like a distribution service more than anything. Yeah. Um, so the artists still like, their whole thing is they're here for entre- entrepreneurship, they're here to like put the artists first, those sort of things. Like that is like what drives them. Um, so you'll find a lot of artists who are assigned to them are kind of artists who kind of want to be in their own space as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, the obviously labels give marketing money, <laughs> and like unless you're actually making so much money as an independent artist, mm. or you have people around you who are cre- who are like 
creative enough so you have like your videographer to make your videos you have your you have you need to be able to have those people around you and pay for them obviously if you want to be fully independent mm. like mm. The label can help with those additional costs mm. okay i think it's yeah. just like again it, it I, I keep repeating the same point because it, it, it just rings true every single time it comes down to what is best for you mm. and where you see your career or what what you want and, and I, I, guess, I guess that comes from having starting off by having a good a good manager like like what topic said having a manager that, that understands you um i think you know what i think even before that it comes from the artist it comes from the artist having a vision for their career like a manager can't give you your vision a manager a manager can't tell you what you um the direction your career should go it's like it's your career at the end of the day um so yeah at the at the root of it it comes from the artist the artist communicates that to the manager again as beth said like there's a rapport between the artist and the manager so that even when the artist is not in the room the the manager is a representative so whatever they say like it's not like they're going to turn around and say oh this is what i said and the artist is thinking are you mad i would have taken that do you get what i mean they're on the same page um but at the core of it like that all comes from the artists themselves and i think a lot of artists go into these labels without knowing what they want to do it's just people are just dashing money on the table it looks good it's flashy all right cool let's go with it but then when they get into the deal they're thinking brother these men don't understand what i want to do and mm. where i want to go or they don't get the music they don't get who I am as a person because you haven't clearly set out that this is who I am this is what I want to do this is where I see myself yeah you've just gone in and taken what's on the table okay fair enough so the moral the moral of the story definitely a lesson I've learned is that labels labels aren't that bad labels they're not they're not the devil as as, as one of you looks said um and also I guess as an artist to know to know to know yourself like know know your music and know yourself and know know the future um to have a manager does it help does it hurt to have a manager that that, that kind of shares that same vision that that you have and also i think don't just let your manager be the only one who knows how things work like let's not get swindled out here like <laughs> let everyone has their own has not everyone not don't trust everyone obviously you want to trust your manager but still you need to be clued up as well about how things work to make sure you're not getting swindled like mm. it's, it's hard it's hard though like to it's hard. no google is it's free it's, yeah it's part, I, genuinely i i hear where you're going but it's actually not that hard i think people are just lazy and they just want to um shove the work to their manager but the reality is your manager could very well change. And if it changes and you're by yourself for a period of time, what are you going to do? Mm. You don't know PRS, you don't know PPL, you don't know anything. They're, your manager is still there chopping your royalties somehow for some reason because you um, haven't done the due diligence. Yeah, some people don't even know like what their deal is. They don't have a lawyer separate from their manager. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm just speaking out for, the, for like the, the young artists out there, like the... The 15, 16, 17 year olds, like some of them are still in school. 
And they can't sign anything anyway without a parental guardian. <laughs> if, you're, if you're under 18, say, it's going to be your parents who are reading through it anyways. And even so, if you're in school, it means you know how to read. That is, is proper, not hard. I, I genuinely, like, I think there are some things to get your mind around. Do you know mm. what I mean? But, like, it, it's your career. And at the end of the day, it's your money. Mm. So... Yeah, if you don't care about where your money goes, okay, cool. Like, just trust everyone around you, and they'll be they'll be chopping um, Rolls Royce off your off your music royalties. But like, if you actually care and you want to have a successful career, yeah. then do your due diligence. Like, ask questions, um, as Beth alluded to just now. Like, and get a separate lawyer. It just doesn't make sense. I'm not gonna lie. I think I think this is something I'd I'd like to I'd like to read up on. I think, yeah, I think it's something I need to invest some time into just to kind of understand the in, yeah, understand the industry and understand labels a bit, a bit better. It sounds, it, 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 it reminds me of like, of like sports, like having, having agents and all these different types of contracts and all these different clauses. And all you need to do is watch the TLC story. <laughs> watch the that, TLC that one, that one was horrific. Documentary. <laughs> And you'll learn everything you need to know about the industry and how artists can get dwindled, swindled mm. if they don't do their due diligence, like if they're not educated and, yeah, how labels essentially work. Well, this is in the 90s, but mm. I feel like it still reflects all the points brought up can, are very helpful to anyone trying to understand how this industry works. Like, it's okay. a business, so... Fair you need enough. to come into it with your business mindset as well. Uh, ran- randomly, I don't know if you've got any of you had the answer to this, but uh, what's, uh, what was what was Lauren Hill's issue? She doesn't earn her master's, right? Yeah, like so. Yeah, so how no, how is did that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah. I I, I did I, I did I didn't know. Well, I, I I knew that, but I didn't know. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know how, um, how it kind of stopped her from. But let's be honest, like most artists her. don't own their masters. <laughs> <laughs> like the masters mm. of the record are owned by the label. Okay, mm. maybe, maybe this is a this is a conversation to have another day because I've got that. Yeah, that just created, yeah, it just created, just created more more questions for me. And, and I'd like to maybe in a later episode, I'd like to kind of discuss Lauren Hill because I need, I'd, I'd like to educate myself on, especially on her career and how it's affected her now but um yeah well his album can stand the test of time like lauren hills and and, <laughs> and that's that's the thing like that's the thing but i'll wait for an artist a female <laughs> artist who's done the same you know yeah I, I'll, I'll say i'll save that i'll save that conversation for, for another day and I'm, I'm gonna bring my my pen and my notepad because i like to take down some notes for that one but um yeah that's that's it for um for today's episode um beth would like to bless us with our first closing track well you know i've got to represent r&b it's gonna be homegrown and yeah it has to be an artist who goes by the name of tiana blake um this track is called interruption it's produced by m and ek and it's a little in this vibe Wait, sorry, did you say produced by Eminem? Yeah. Oh, okay. He's a vibe. You didn't. You didn't know who produces. No, I can't. I didn't know. Mad thing. 
Uh, I read a funny story. I read a funny tweet the other day, and someone's like, they thought Emanike's name was pronounced Mnet. <laughs> I think I saw that tweet. I actually think I saw that tweet, but I, the, I actually couldn't hate because not that I actually thought oh. that, but did you I didn't. So, 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 so. I did. I did. I actually didn't think that, but I can. I can see how that person got there. Oh, okay. Cool. Man said Mnet. <laughs> Uh, Beth, you want me to play it for you, yeah? Yeah, you can. Right. Tiana Blake, interruption, produced by Emma Nike. Rah. Why you always be with your friends? Baby, I don't mean to offend. I just want you to myself. We need some time alone Know you got work in the day But at night you don't wanna play All that I'm trying to say is I want Your undivided attention Cause right now you're giving a fraction Head on it up to me It's like you're too busy for me So how about we do tonight different one part in that song where my face was like what (laughs) (laughs) the beat switched i said pardon i I nearly reloaded it but i don't have decks (laughs) so oh my days that's production Um, that is production was he a a producer first Mm, i'm an ek i'm not too clued up on his career he was like a featured vocalist for like rudimental tracks like Mm. In the early days, like when Rudimental first like came about, when they had their peak, like that's where he really got found his stride. But I felt like he was writing for people before that because he's a writer as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, he got signed, I think. Um, but like, yeah, it's, it's Emnick, so. He does Emnick done? That's Emnick. Uh, Emnick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my my closing track is a young lady called Sha Simone. I'm guessing it's Sha Simone. You are so lucky I didn't play that at the beginning. You are so, so <laughs> lucky. I can't lie. Look, I've, been, I... I've been tweeting this song for a while, man. Come on, man. Jesus. Go on. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, this track is called Super. To be fair, there's, there's a number of tracks I could have chosen, but the track I'm picking is Super Size, produced by Producer Boy and uh, I don't like to know this guy's name. Is it Key Key Retired? Whatever. Kiss. Whatever. Stop it. Retired. Um, I'll tell you about it later. But um, yeah, this is Super Size by Shah Simone. I'm never switching sides, I ride till I die. Big things, yeah, I like it super size. Got a bot to match the bite, take your own advice. I had to take the risk, that's why everything nice. I'm never switching sides, I ride till I die. Big things, yeah, I like it super size. Got a bot to match the bite, take your own advice. I had to take the risk, that's why everything nice. Come on, baby, ain't got time to play. Yeah. We can really do it broad day. I ain't got no worries, and this shit is never late. Uh. Pretty and petite, and I'm spitting all this grease. Yeah. So, what's it gonna be? Now she not too fun of me. If it ain't about the mullah, then don't holler me. All they wanna do is bothering me honestly hold it steady what you said you ready why these bitches always envy i just want to hit i'm never switching sides i write till i die big things yeah i like it super size got a bot to match the bite take your own advice i had to take the risk that's why everything nice i'm never switching sides i write till i die big things yeah i like it super size got a bot to match the bite take your own advice i had to take the risk that's why everything nice come on baby please don't try to do what i do i'm breaking bare hearts better check the vitals small package but i'm coming with the right tools wanna see me in the red or the white you can choose these days i've been walking around like i'm that bitch such a bitch you should see my block list step into my office i ain't really with the chat chick with the chatter he better know i want the world on the platter since these niggas ain't stressing me my ass got fatter that was Shah Simone with Supersize. And that's the last closing track for today's episode. There um, are a lot of strong ladies coming through at the moment. A lot, a lot, a lot. Even today, I saw a snippet of some... Where's up north? Some, uh, a female artist from up north. And sounds flames. Sounds flames. We've got, we've got a, a, lot more, a lot more women popping up, which I'm, which I'm loving. I'm loving, especially in the in the drill scene as well, as you know, I'm the <laughs> spokesman for drill. But yeah, man, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Um, thank you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, again, look out for um, look out for our song polls. Look out for our tweets. Check out our social media accounts. Check us out on on Instagram at Ground Floor UK. Check us out on Twitter at Black Notes Pod. And yeah. Any any final comments, guys? I know what Bethany's gonna say, so I'm gonna say it for her. Stay black. <laughs> stay blessed and stay black, man. <laughs>